In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Hi, my name is Tony Grebmeyer, and today we are connecting with Jeremy Slate. Now, Jeremy's the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. He was named the number one podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine in 2019, as well as being named a top influencer by Forbes. Now, after his successful podcast, Jeremy founded Command Your Brand to help entrepreneurs get their messages out by appearing as guests on podcasts. He's doing it today. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Jeremy Slate. Hey, Tony, thank you so much for having me, man. I know you and I have been like connected forever and this is the first time we've really gotten the chat. It's amazing, right? Facebook friends and now you get to say like podcast friends. It's cool. I like it. Right? Yeah, man. It's like you actually know somebody when it's more than Facebook. No, and I love it because I follow you on LinkedIn. I love seeing the growth of your brand and like you as an entrepreneur it's neat when you get to like peek in on conversations on social media and you're like, I like that guy. And then when I saw your name come across as somebody I get a chance to interview, it was even better. So what I want to do is keep the show where it's at, but I want to ask the one question out the gate that every guest gets to answer. What is your definition of success? Wow. Success for me is having the freedom to do what I want when I want, but also to help who I want to help. Because I, I think like once you get to a certain point in your life and I don't know, I'm 32, I guess I'm not that old, but like you kind of, and, and maybe events in your life, like help you with this, like almost losing a parent was, was tough on me and things like that. Um, you you kind of realize that impact and income are two different things. And once you get past the thing of, Oh my God, I need income. And you worry more about impact to me, that's success. I love that. Let's go back just a little bit. I always like getting like the cliff notes version of how you kind of found the online space. So you know, maybe for me, it was back in the day, uh, there was dial-up, CompuServe, Earthlink, AOL. That was the way I found it. And one day somebody said, hey, have you ever thought about like building a business online? And I'm like, a business? What, what do you do online? Like, where do the people exist? Today, your whole world, for most of what everybody knows is, you know, a podcaster, producer, and all the stuff that comes with you and your brand and your company, it's online. So talk to me a little bit. Give us the Cliff Notes version of how you kind of found the online space. Well, I found the online space in 1995 when I learned how to do Visual Basic and C++. Now, <laughs> I took coding in grammar school, man. Like people like did stuff like that. Um, but like, I feel like it's more like a Beatles song, man. It's kind of like the long and winding road that, that got me here because my undergrad degree is in Catholic theology. I studied at New College Oxford for a literature program and I got my master's in ancient history, none of which are marketable skills. Didn't get into the PhD program I wanted to get into. So I ended up actually teaching high school. And uh, in that period of time when I was not very happy teaching history and, and sociology to, to high school students, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke and she's paralyzed on the right side of her body. She's lost her language skills. And it was really, really tough on me because my family is pretty tight. So it made me look at a lot of what I'm doing and, and look for some sort of option. The first thing I discovered was network marketing. 
I was good at it, but didn't like the person I had to become in order to be successful at it. So I went from there to selling life insurance. Once again, good at it, but didn't enjoy telling people they were going to die. Moved on to uh, private labeling and selling products on Amazon. And I made the mistake of leaving the $1 promo code for all of my products on my product listing and lost them in like less than five minutes. And from there, man, I just ended up teaching myself how to build websites from uh, YouTube videos. I learned how to write CSS and HTML and, and ended up working at a friend's web design company. And I had been a podcast listener since back in like 2009 when people were still taking audiobooks that were in the public domain and calling it a podcast. Listened to this one show called The No Agenda Show, which is Adam Curry that used to be MTV VJ and they take the news, de deconstruct it, make fun of it. And I listened to that show forever. So in 2015, I started a show called Rock Your Life and it was the worst thing that any human ever created. And later that year, I started to create your own life, which is what I have now. And that evolved into the business and everything else we're doing. What would you say out of like the different jobs, you know, from network marketing, life insurance, web designer, HTML kind of person, podcaster, what's a fun lesson that you learn from saying yes to the next opportunity? It's funny because I feel like also you get to the point in each opportunity where you're like, man, I really hope something shows up soon. Like when I started network marketing, I think you could have showed me how to make money picking garbage and reselling it online. I would have been like, that's a great idea because I was just looking for something at that point in time. But honestly, not having a business background, that taught me so much about like, well, what do you do? Like, how do you sit down with somebody? How do you run a meeting? So I learned a lot from that. But then sales, I learned so much about cold calling because I was making a hundred cold calls a day. And before that, I had been pretty afraid to pick up the phone and call people I don't know. So I learned so much about that. But at the same time, I learned so much about building websites from Amazon because I started learning how to build e-commerce sites and do all these different things from doing that. So yeah, I failed at quite a few things, man. But like I've learned so many skills in there, like each one of them were valuable. No, I, I like that. You know, as you were sharing your story, right? I call it like the, the track journey. Like we all start at the same spot and kind of go through life's motions. And then next thing you know, life's throwing you hurdles and some big, some small, and you're learning how to get over them. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone says to you, you want to do network marketing? You're like, uh, sure. And, you know, now you're slinging network marketing and you're like, this isn't really me, but I like the life skill that I'm being taught because I can see how this could come in handy down the road. So I'm listening to everything you're sharing. And I was like, all these skills are like the ingredients that made life sandwich for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're like, you just took a big bite of life sandwich and just shared it with the world. And they're like, yeah, network marketing. I've learned so much from network marketing. It was the thing that helped me to find somebody to help me with sales at my company. Like I saw him. My, on my the current our, my current head of sales is somebody I met way back in my network marketing company, and yeah. he is incredible. And I'm actually grateful for that experience because he's on our team. Yeah, and so if you start connecting the dots, and so people will always say like, "Oh, network marketing is so bad." I'm like, "No, actually, network marketing is freaking amazing." Um, because it opens the doors and helps you to like actually work on life skills. Because I was a radio DJ and I was really good behind the mic, but I was a little timid in front of people and doing network marketing allowed me to open up who I was as a human being and realize, wow, that's kind of fun. I meet a lot of new, neat people. So you go through this kind of life cycle and you do the first podcast and you said it was like bad. Like what was, oh, bad, was bad about it? Oh gosh. Like I always recommend to somebody when you're going to create a product, like make sure it doesn't exist first. Like uh, rock your life was 
trademarked in two different usages. So like people had already like trademarked it and stuff like that. So that was the name I had, Rock Your Life. So I'm like, okay, I can't use that. I got to cease and desist. Um, let's get rid of the Y and the O. So now it's Rock Your Life. It just looks like I can't spell. I made the cover art in Microsoft Paint. Like, yeah, there were still people that used paint um, back in 2015 and I was one of them. And the, the miking consisted of me and my MacBook. I didn't know what a microphone was. So being a radio guy, you must be like, oh gosh, it sounded really bad, man. Like it just sounded bad and it was very like life coachy and, and stuff like that. And I, had, I didn't really have the life experience to be imparting that on somebody. So it just, it didn't really have any value to anybody. So it just, I cringe when I think about it. <laughs> no, I get it. But I want somebody listening today to realize that the lesson that you just taught everybody is just test, just get it out there. Like just put the thing out there. It may not be the, the first time Picasso painted wasn't what he would necessarily hang up in a museum, but now everybody would crave it as, oh my gosh, that was his first piece of art, right? So what are some things as you kind of went off and rebranded and re kind of said, hey, these are the things that I know to be successful in this podcast industry. How much testing have you been doing? Because it sounds like it's an everyday thing. You never get away from it. Well, the main thing was like, looking at it and not being a dilettante, like trying to be more professional at it because like the thing I had to face is like what I created was crap. You know, at least I created something, but it, it was pretty bad. So I went out and looked for some different courses and I took John Lee Dumas's course. I took this course. I took that course. I took like four of them, man. And it was almost like a, at first an analysis, you know, paralysis by analysis, you know, cause I was trying to like learn so much that I wasn't doing anything at all. And I finally just decided I was going to do it and I built a better website you know, went out and got some better design work done. And, you know, before I knew the whole Chet Holmes, you know, Russell Brunson, you know, dream 100 thing, I made a list of the 100 people I most admired. And it's funny because that initial pitch, I hadn't interviewed anybody yet. So the initial pitch was basically, you know, what I wanted to do. And the first person to say yes to me was a uh, real estate investor, Wayne Root. So my next pitch now had his name on it as guest that had agreed to the show. So then as I kind of went along, I, I, you know, went up the pitch based on who had said yes. And those first interviews weren't great. You know, they were kind of like rough interrogation sessions where the people had agreed to sit down with me, but then gradually it just became a better and better conversation. But at the same time, like I didn't have a following, I didn't have any social media, like real growth. So I did what I could do. Like I had collected email addresses through the years. So I individually emailed people and got them to subscribe got friends to subscribe, family to subscribe. I was publicly grabbing people's phones to get in to subscribe. And then our first 30 days, we did 10,000 listens. So that was, you know, enough to really get me started. And it really comes down to the idea of take, thinking about it as a professional and, and how to do this differently rather than just a hobby. No, I love that. And I think the piece that I want anybody listening right now to pay attention to is not treating it like a hobby, but making it a priority, a business, something that you're like, hey, I'm out to dinner and literally lean into a conversation. I'm like, hey, can I ask you a quick question? You listen to podcasts? Awesome. I got a podcast. It's launched. It's new. Would you subscribe? You got iTunes? Great. Do that right now. Thank you so much. And here's the deal. I was sitting with a friend who I've known for 20 some odd years and he goes, oh, I didn't know you still did your podcast. He's like, I, I, I listened to the old one and then just one day it disappeared. I'm like, well, I have a new one. I've been doing it for like three years. He's like, hit subscribe, left a review. He's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, right? Because people consume data and in listening in your bio, you know, you've studied the highest performers in the world. And I guarantee you, we all started very similar. We started at the ground zero to try to build something. Elon mm -hmm. Musk didn't just go say, we're going to Mars, is day one venture into the world. He's like, oh, like I got to learn and cut my teeth. So now that you're this 
podcast guy, 10,000 downloads in the first month. Things are going well. You got your dream 100. I love that. Anybody can do that. That is like one of the best. Would you give a quick 30 seconds of the dream 100 so somebody listening today can get an idea of what that really means? Well, here's the thing is like, I think people don't think big enough with that because they're like, oh, that person's not going to talk to me. You know what I mean? I'm a huge music guy. Like I played drums since I was 11. So my number one on my Dream 100 list that I talk to his publicist every other month, but we still haven't gotten it done is Dave Grohl. I am a huge Nirvana Foo Fighters fan. So he's on that list. Tim Ferriss is on that list. We haven't gotten anywhere yet. But people that I did get to, uh, former Ohio State head coach Jim Tressel, only, only coach to ever go undefeated in college football history. Three-time Indy 500 champion Elio Castroneves. Great interview. Grant Cardone. It took me 154 episodes to get Grant on the show. You know, I'm finally getting Tony Grebmeyer on the show. So that's going to be pretty awesome. But you know, man, like you got to, you got to think big and think, but in the way of like, what would I want to learn from this person? Not just to do an interview, just to do an interview. Because I find that people are like, well, why would that person want to spend time with me? If your mission and your purpose are clear enough and they really feel like you have a goal to help people, a lot of people that you don't think would, would may jump in. So with a whole new network, now that you've been able to go out there, get Grant Cardone, you talk about indie, you talk about real estate moguls. Every time you've been able to go out there and get a new person, it's built your brand even higher. So what's something right now that you're really excited about with podcasting? How fast is growing? Like I, I really think it's, it's growing fast. Since last number I heard, and this is a few months ago, is there 750,000 podcasts out there and that's like 250,000 new ones since last year. Now, the downside to that is only 18% of those actually publish on a pretty normal rate. A lot of them are dead shows, but the space is growing really fast. And here's the other crazy interesting thing. Right now with the current trend, January of 2020 is the first time that we're going to hit a billion dollars in total advertising spend. And if you follow that trend out by 2022, it's going to be at 1.66 billion. So the market's growing really fast. And I think we're also in an area where traditional media is changing, right? Like, Radio is not getting as much play as it was. TV is not getting as much play as it was because everything's pushing to content that the user wants to select themselves. That's why Netflix is doing well. That's why Hulu, Amazon Prime, podcasts. So we're in a really good space right now where the podcasting space is. Now, the, 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 the downside to that as well is there's a lot of people that are trying to do the exact same model. So there's a lot of shows that are pod fading by around 20 episodes. And that pod fading means they disappear at that point in time. So if yeah, you're going to, I never knew that that stat, like is the average podcaster worth about 20 episodes and then he fades out? It's around 20 episodes is when the phenomenon of pod fading happens. So if you look, there's lots and lots of shows out there that have 15, 18, 20 episodes, maybe make it to 30, but there's a lot of dead shows out there. And if they keep paying their hosting, they're, they're still out there. Well, Hey, I'm, I'm excited to tell you, you'll be episode 100 this go around. Woo! What I'm going to do is I'm going to just take a quick little break. Okay. And when we come back, what I want to do with Jeremy today is I want to talk about the accolades that come with podcasting because a lot of people think it's like some guy in his, you know, boxer shorts recording a couple episodes, throws them up on some platform. And next thing you know, he becomes an internet sensation. You were talking about Adam Carolla from the very beginning of like somebody that you saw as an opportunity in a podcast platform. You went out and you launched your first podcast. Yeah, you weren't a big fan of it but you didn't stop learning the craft. And then that has allowed you to go out and start meeting, you know, your dream 100 and beyond. And now 700 plus episodes later, here's a guy who now has an agency. He's, he's using the platform to help others get their message out there. So there's so much we're going to be able to learn today about if you're thinking as we head into 
the new year. Maybe you're listening to this in the new year and you're thinking, is a podcast right for me? I'm like, well, what are you first and foremost passionate about? Like, these are the kinds of questions that you want to think. Like, what do you enjoy listening to or watching? Is that something you would want to dedicate a couple hours a week to learning as a craft and as an art? You can go get a computer and a mic for a couple bucks. Next thing you know, record an audio file, use a garage band, throw it up inside iTunes. I mean, you can launch this thing today on so many platforms in the matter of moments. On a Friday, you can go home with an idea and Monday, you could, your thing could be launched around the world. That's the power of this medium that we're talking about today with Jeremy. And so stick around. We're going to come right back. Jeremy Slate, the Create Your Own Live podcast host and the founder of Command Your Brand. Uh, helping entrepreneurs to get their messages out by appearing as guests personally on shows and helping others to do the same. So stick around. We'll be right back on the Beefville Podcast Show. Hey, since Tony's taking a break, let's take one together. Did you know the average cough comes out of your mouth at about 60 miles per hour while a sneeze can travel as fast as 100 miles per hour? Jeez. Oh, Tony's back. While you're soaking in this awesome episode, I'm going to go online and search for a sneeze speedometer. Here's Tony and Jeremy. Hey, we are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. I have the honor and privilege today of interviewing Jeremy Slate, somebody who I've just seen online for the last maybe four or five years doing his thing. And you know what? It's funny is like I see so many of my dear friends as guests on his show and I'm like, you know, in my head kind of saying, well, that'd be nice to be a guest on his show and vice versa. He's now a guest on my show and then through the power of wow, uh, I've got the opportunity to be a guest on a future episode. But Jeremy is one of these dynamic individuals who literally just said, you know what, I'm going to figure out a way to make this thing work. Talking about network marketing, talking about all of the things that he's tried. He is the most passionate person right now in podcasting that I've heard from in a long time because he decided to not just take his passion and just go do it. He decided to make his purpose and go out and help other entrepreneurs to do it by founding a company called Command Your Brand. And it's literally his goal is to help get entrepreneurs their message out into the world. So I want to talk about somebody listening today, 2020 is right around the corner, messaging, hey, I'm thinking about a podcast. What's so powerful about this? You talked about the billions being done in revenue and ads, but what's the powerful medium you found with podcasting? Well, honestly, it's the power of a conversation, man. Like you, you learn so much more about a person by listening to a conversation with them. And I don't know about you, but I'm an auditory learner. So that was really one of the big reasons that I started listening to podcasts. So you're also grabbing a type of listener that may not want to sit down and read an article or they're usually doing something else. Like if they tried to watch a YouTube video in the car, that may not end well for anybody. Um, and at the same time, a couple years ago, Apple put out their like beta stats program and they found out that listeners are, are sticking around from anywhere from 70 to 80% of an episode. That's a lot if you're doing a 30 or 45 minute episode that people are hearing of you. So you have a lot of potential to build a relationship. And honestly, the reason I got started is, like I said, I was an academic. I have my master's in ancient wow. history. I had a really hard time writing pieces that weren't academically written. It took me a long time to learn how to write differently. So initially that was a barrier for me. So I started a podcast because it was easier for me to talk to people and it was easier for me to say things and do it that way. So I just feel like it's a really good place to be in because it's pretty cool to talk to cool people and you can build a cool relationship with it. But at the same time, there's a lot of ability to, to get listeners to spend time with you based on how much they're consuming and, and when and where they're consuming it. What, what's a, a percentage of, of guests that you've actually met outside 
of just an interview. Like you've had the awesome opportunity to actually meet in person. I'd probably only say about 25%, honestly. Really? Yeah. And now what's great about using that platform is now you have a kind of a level of trust because they've seen how you've marketed, how you brought new exposure to their network. So there's like, I love it because you said it took 150 some odd episodes before Grant Cardone said yes. Mm-hmm. How did you get him to say yes? What was, the, what was the tactic or the final thing that finally made that be a possibility? It's totally not duplicatable because it was a chance thing. Yep. I was volunteering at an event in New York City and it was a fundraiser and um, I'm hanging from scaffolding and like doing all this other stuff because I, I, I'm kind of a grease monkey. I'll do a lot of different stuff. And my, my wife was all dressed up nicely and handling the VIPs. I get, I get a phone call from her. You're never going to believe who one of the VIPs is. I'm like, who? She's like Grant Cardone and his wife. And I'm like, whoa. And she's like, she's like get over here now. I'm talking to Grant. So then my, my wife introduced me that I look horrible. Like I'm, you know, like not very kempt at that point in time because I've been working hard at this fundraiser that Grant was attending. And she introduced me to Grant. And the coolest thing was, man, like, like I have a lot of admiration for him. And he just wanted to know about me. Like it's because I feel like you meet a lot of people that are well known and they want to talk all about themselves. He's like, hey, what do you do? You have a podcast. Cool. I'd like to be on that. Or, wait, you're kidding, right? You'd like to be on that. I've been trying to get you on the podcast for like, you know, two plus years at this point in time. So as I said, it's not really something you can duplicate, but like met him. He goes, great. You're going to talk to this person. We're going to book it and I'll talk to you next month. Like it, it was kind of a chance thing, man. No, I love that. I literally, about Grant, a dear friend of mine, Demetrius and Spiros, they're in Athens, Greece. Um, next thing I know, I'm watching this video and they're interviewing Grant like in, in like Mykonos. They're just chilling. They went and found him and like talked to him. And now the next time Grant was in New York or London, Spiros went there and they were in a picture and talking. And it's like you become friends with these people in a unique way. So as your business has kind of grown and now you've decided to take on this like idea of like, I want to go help others do it. What has that reward been for you knowing that you've, you've taken the medium where you almost quit, but you actually stuck with it. Now you're helping others. What does that feel like when you're helping somebody to get their message out to the world? It's honestly really cool because, and one of the things too, is we support a lot of businesses, especially like in the natural health space and in the chiropractic space, a lot of, you know, regular traditional business owners too, but we're actually able to put our energy behind things we really believe in, which is really, really cool. And I think it's funny how people talk about like finding their purpose and things like that. And they make it sound like the skies opened up and, you know, like the cherubim were singing also they knew what they wanted to do. But honestly, it's just been continually like working at this and defining who we want to help. And it gets more and more clear. And I find that we really have the most fun helping people that have a really big purpose to change the world because the more people like that we help, the bigger impact we can have because you can't do any of this stuff on your own, man. You got to help really cool people that have really big purposes. And that's how like as a company, we can help to change the world. Did I have that out of the gate? Absolutely not. But you define it over time. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think Picasso had his, you know, hundred million dollar, you know, painting the very first day, but it was something that he started with. And so today, I, you know, the honor of talking to Jeremy and I really have been able to see a blank canvas with you and just have a bunch of tools and brushes and paints and, and just start creating. It doesn't have to be your perfect masterpiece, but it does have to be something that you're working on improving. And you keep talking about the skill. And I think that's important for anybody listening. Like this is not something that's going to be perfect the first time. No, like this no. episode, you're, as you're listening behind the scenes, four or five different stoppages, you know, internet outages, stuttering by Tony, like all life things happen. And the most important thing 
is what I try to help every individual understand. You got to keep moving. You got to keep going forward, right? You can't go back. So you, what can you learn from what you've gone through? And Jeremy, I got to tell you, like, it's just an honor to talk to you. And I, and I, and I think that any individual thinking about starting a podcast, let's talk about uh, commandyourbrand.media is a great place for somebody to learn what if they go there? To basically learn more about how we help people to, to get on top rated podcasts as guests. Because I, I find that, and, and it, it's funny because I feel like this is even aside from the podcast space, I feel like people misunderstand a lot of the basics of PR. So we're taking a lot of the basics of PR and media and actually applying them to the strategy of being a guest on podcasts. So like, um, you know, we do have some courses and things on how people can, can do that themselves, but we are also an agency that does that. But honestly, one of the biggest things is making sure you're just in front of your people. So I, I find a lot of times people are like, oh, I want to be in the biggest show, you know, 100,000, a million downloads, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, that's great. If they're not your people, it's not going to work for them or you. And if your message kind of stinks, it's not going to work. You know, I could put you in front of 10 million people and it wouldn't do anything. So it's really getting clear on that messaging and who you want to talk to first and how you're going to help them. And then also knowing how to really deliver a great message as well. Do you have like specific niches that you find yourself like really helping more than others? We've done a lot in um, natural health, like chiropractic, holistic health, naturopaths. We've done a lot with um, e-commerce. We've done a lot with Amazon businesses, a lot with uh, real estate. Surprisingly, real estate is a great niche in the podcast world. And we've worked with tons and tons of other like different niches. Like we had a client that would basically go into people's homes and they got above a certain age and help them rearrange them so they wouldn't hurt themselves. So that's pretty niche, but for the most part, we're, we are playing in like real estate, natural health, e-commerce, stuff like that. It's really interesting that what you're playing in is what you kind of went through to get to where you're at today. Yeah. Right? And then I, talking I about some of the why behind it too, you know, your mom and life and all the things that you probably, so I'm just listening. I don't know if you've ever heard that or thought of that before, but all the things that you kind of really specializing are all the things that you kind of dabbled in a little bit, or maybe your first guest that kind of helped you keep moving in that facet moving forward, which is interesting. Well, um, and I would agree with that too. Cause like my, my, my wife, who's actually my business partner in this business, you know, she comes from a chiropractic family. So for us, it's just like, we're really flowing power to what's been a, a, a big belief system for us. Yeah. I love it. And I love the, I love the fact, I mean, I, you know, my company ship offers, I'm just sitting here listening. I'm like, you know, I bet you there's a lot of people who we work with strategically that could benefit from learning about how they could take their product and leverage it through podcasting, but maybe more about the reason they started the product or the reason and messaging and purpose behind the product, you know? So I think that's really, really great. And I'm excited to, to be able to share your brand with them too, which is commandyourbrand.media. Cause I want people to realize that, you said it, Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, that's the game changer today. Comcast is like, well, like we better come up with some cool creative services or we're going to lose our audience. Our, our listeners are going to go dry up and go into other platforms where people are throwing out traditional cable and getting rid of, well, they're not getting rid of FM. They're still available in your car, but they're, they're now over in satellite. Now, you know, podcast, iTunes. Let's talk about the big update Apple recently did to iTunes and kind of did away with podcasts, you know, as we knew it and they were reshaping it. What does that really look like? Can I add to what you just said real quick before I go sure. on to that? Because what you just said, that's a really, really great point there is getting on and talking about the purpose behind your product and, and the story behind your product. Because the consumer, and you've probably seen a story thing you do, is getting a lot smarter. Like they don't go for the bad advertising anymore. There's one casino advertising here in the New York area where I'm like, 
people don't actually talk like that. Who's ever going to buy anything from this commercial? So I, I, I think you're totally right by saying that everything is going more story driven. I think that's why we're seeing the medium change a lot. But in terms of what you're saying about iTunes changes, which is crazy, is iTunes was like the thing for so long and Apple just got rid of it. And they took and they, they split out the major platforms where now it's Apple Podcasts, Apple Music, and uh, Apple TV is the other one. I, I know I have friends that use that. I don't use Apple TV. But it's, it's, it's changed a lot of things. And initially, they rolled out something that wasn't quite complete. So discoverability in the beginning was a real, real problem. But it's gotten better as they've done more work to it. And it's, it's still not complete. They're still rolling out more parts of it. But the cool thing is, is they've added lots and lots of new categories, which is making it so new podcasts can get discovered a lot better. Like, like there was no entrepreneurship category before. How, how is it even possible? There was no like self-education category. It was all like lumped into the self-help thing. So they're really, to me, it shows that Apple sees a, a long game here with podcasts because it now has its own app. And it's not like they make money from it. So they're, they're really thinking, okay, we need to invest in this because it's going to be a lot bigger. But at the same time, they're making it easier for the listener to find exactly what they're looking for. Does your company also help uh, maybe somebody who has a podcast and 10, 20,000 downloads a month? Does your podcast have an emphasis on helping them to find some, you know, advertisers? That isn't something we do, but, something, but someone I use to do that is advertisecast.com. They are great. Um, they do a lot of group buys and stuff like that, and they'll, they'll help you get set up with advertising. That's a totally different game, so it isn't really one that we've played in, but we've had a lot of great experience with AdvertiseCast. Just because you said the number that really caught my ear, you know, a billion dollars in ad spend, and then by 2022, $1.66 billion. So I know the money's coming, right? And so people are figuring it out. But let's also talk about the other thing that a lot of people don't know about podcasting. How much are you really spending on the average Joe Schmo to launch a podcast? A month? Launch it, man. It's like not that much. Like, like this mic I'm using, it does USB and XLR. I paid 60 bucks for it. I've only been using a mixer for like the last year. Before that, it was just a USB mic. So 60 bucks for a mic, 20 bucks a month for hosting because you got to have some place to put your files. If you pay 15 or 20 bucks for your cover art, boom. Editing software, you know, I originally got GarageBand for $4 is what Apple sells it for. And I upgraded to Adobe Audition later on. So it's like you don't need much to like do this and do a pretty successful job at it. Now, if you want to do a lot better job, you know, you're going to have to pay for ad spend and things like that because you should be running retargeting ads at people that have already been to your website, um, like Dennis Yu talks about, to, to send your, your podcast episodes at. But to get started, man, it is not expensive if you want to do it well. I love Dennis. He's such a great guy. Dennis is a legend, man. He's been such a big help to us. Dennis shows me what's possible when you have the power of a team behind you. Mm -hmm. Record it, other people can cut it up, shows you the importance of getting media made out quickly, dispersed fast. Um, I think Gary Vee talks about it too, is like, don't be so strategic, just go out and share the story and get the story out there and then you learn a lot from sharing your story. And, and we were talking about that earlier. What I wanna do today, Jeremy, um, I love it. This is my favorite part. You know, uh, the fulfillment rounds brought to you in part by Ship Offers. We do it. We just ask a bunch of random questions, get to know you a little bit better. You know, the thing that I've learned through the process of interviewing you today is patience. And everybody wants the instant lottery ticket. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, keep scratching. The only way you'll ever win is if you never give up. And if what doesn't work right go to an event and get on some scaffolding and get up high, make sure you have your cell phone, 
and answer it with one hand sometime and hello and your wife saying get down here and you're like yes and be open to discovering new doors and trying to refine but keep your purpose and your passion in front of you. Um, I also love the fact today we, we talked about the aha maybe isn't the, the, the clouds splitting and the, the sky opening, but it could be like somebody that you're sitting and having a conversation with could be like, oh my gosh, like I know Tony Grubmeyer, let me make an introduction. Like your new guest is literally an ask away and are you really asking for what it is that you want or are you waiting for it to fall into your lap, which we know it's kind of like the billion dollar lottery ticket. It's not going to happen until you make it happen. So keep, you know, working at that every day. And so I just want to say thanks. You know, sometimes the life of a podcaster is not fun because it's behind a mic and it's not sexy as your Netflix special. But where can people find you if they go right now to the major platforms? Are you on Google? Or are you on Apple or on SoundCloud? Where are you at? I am on everything that you could possibly be on because um, we host with Libsyn, so they send Apple Podcasts, they send to Spotify. Actually, we're not in Pandora yet. I, I'm in the, the like holding pattern right now to wait until they approve it and we, we go into there. Uh, but YouTube, I'm in CastBox, like any, anything you could think of, I'm there. All right. So I want to bring you into the fulfillment round. All I need you to do is say, I am ready. I am ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicas. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right. uh, You are from the New York area? Yeah, New York, New Jersey. All right. Is there a big difference between New York and New Jersey if you ask somebody who's uh, from there? No. So I live in Northwest New Jersey and it should be 35 minutes in New York City. But if you go the wrong time of day, it's like three hours. So it's close, but yet far away. Thin crust pizza or Chicago style pizza? Oh, definitely thin crust, man. I had Chicago style once, but definitely thin crust. Uh, Are you a sports fan at all? I own one share of the Green Bay Packers and I'm a massive Yankees fan. Oh, massive Yankee fan. All right. That's really interesting. So you are in your 30s. So trying to figure out how to get this question around you. Um, what dynasty did you enjoy the most in the last like 20 years for the Yankees? Um, the Jeter dynasty, like the first yeah. time around, like the 96, 98, 99, like that, that era, because it's a, like once A-Rod came around and they won it again in, in, you know, like, I think it was like 2009 again, it's a different team, man. And Giambi and all that stuff. It's, it was all the homegrown guys in the late nineties. I liked I got to tell you, you just hit it out of the park. Do you remember Paul O'Neill? Oh, I remember Paul O'Neill, and there was not a water cooler that could survive that guy. He no, still he always would just get so mad and hit everything. Yeah. Being a sports fan, what are some things that have taught you maybe that you could correlate with being a podcaster? Which is funny because that's one of the things I like to talk about the most on my podcast. Like I like to interview a lot of athletes. Honestly, it's consistently doing things because athletes train hard every darn day, whether there's a game or not. So that's a big thing is consistently training at what you're doing, consistently showing up and seeking out the best coaches to be the best of what you do. Like it's, it's, if you want to be the best, you got to learn from the best, man. What are you listening to right now in the world of podcasting? Dateline has a really good podcast. I love a good crime podcast. Um, but here's the thing. I find that you, the more of that stuff you listen to, the better you get at podcasting because you kind of learn how to tell a story a little better. Yeah, I mean, you're great. I mean, I got to tell you, I've interviewed thousands of entrepreneurs in my life and, and speakers from all around the world for radio. And I love you. 
you got a great tone. You got to carry a great story. I think it's hard. Have you ever got on a show where you're like, oh my gosh, that person, I really like that person, but I just can't air that episode. Um, no, because I, I've, the, the thing I've tried to do as a host is I've tried to see like, how can I bring the magic out in that person? Mm-hmm. And there's been like one time where it was really rough and the guest was just like, he was outside and I could hear airplanes in the background. And I was like, dude, could you like, you know, go inside? And he's like, if you had a good editor, this wouldn't be a problem. And I went through the podcast and got to the end. I said, where can people find you? He goes, Google me. I'm like, yeah, we can't do this, man. So it's, it's most of the time it's been pretty good. I try to take as much responsibility as I can, but if the person's kind of a jerk, I can't handle that. No, I, I, totally, agree. <laughs> I totally agree. All right. If you could have any opportunity to have your favorite New York Yankee pitch to you and you had the swing of any past Yankee in history to have the ability, who would you want thrown at you and who would you be? Oh, man, that's rough. Um, well, I wouldn't want, like, I wouldn't want to hit Mariano Rivera because it'd just be so darn hard. Um, what do you want the best to throw at the best? Okay. Yeah. Mariano Rivera. Okay. Um, and don't hate me for this, but my entire, I I played baseball for a long time and I I was, I was pretty decent, but my, my swing always looked like A-Rod, um, though I'm a huge Jeter fan. I'm not, I think, you know what? There's a lot to hate on A-Rod, man. No, you know what? I look at A-Rod today. I look at Jeter. I look at all of the greats that I really have seen. I grew up an Oakland A's fan. So I knew almost every year and still to this day, we always seem to lose in the wild card if we're playing the Yanks. So I'm, I'm very much okay with the pain. But there's something magical about somebody who, you know, he came in very young into the league with the Rangers and persevered and had all the steroid scandal and all the other garbage that went with life. And here's the bottom line, man. Like, I think that's a great parable for us to remind ourselves that things are going to come your way and you just have to keep swinging. You just have to keep getting up every single day. And yeah, you may get suspended or you may have things happen, but you just keep moving forward. And Jeremy, I just want to say thank you so much for just being open today and and having the open-mindedness to just share and play. And, you know, I don't want it to be like your typical podcast. This, this podcast is about two guys coming together, have a conversation, learn about ins and outs of the industry. You talked about music and I wanted to know, you talked about, um, you mentioned a singer or a musician related to Nirvana. Dave Grohl. He was the drummer for Nirvana, lead singer in the Foo Fighters. And that first Foo Fighters album, he played the bass part, guitar part, drum part, um, everything. But he's a drummer by trade. What would you want as like your, your next big guest on your show? Somebody that you're looking for that I'm going to use the power of my network and the medium in which I... Um, I'm connected to see if we can't get a, a new introduction in that direction. Dude, Dave Grohl is still number one. If I could somehow get in touch with Dave, that would be amazing. You know where he's based out of? He's based out of LA. Okay. Originally so, from the DC area. So one of my good friends sold his company, RBC Records. So as Tech Nine, Too Short, like literally back in the day was Priority Records. He used to be a part of NWA, knows everybody in the music scene. So I'm going to just shoot a text to my buddy and say, do you know somebody who knows somebody? My other buddy, Craig Garber runs a show. Everyone loves guitar. It's a podcast show. If you're not listening to it and you love musicians, go over to that show and see if you can't find him in there 
because you'll never know all of the people that he's uh, interviewed and maybe just maybe we can uh, get you connected and have that wish fulfilled because I think if you don't ask, you don't know. And I want to help you today to go get the guy on your bucket list. That would be incredible, man. Like, like Dave Grohl is by and far my number one. Cool. Well, we're going to go do that. And uh, I just want to say thank you. So let's talk about how people can get in touch with you. Createyourownlife.com um, is where they could check anything over at the podcast side. Or if they're interested in being a guest on Top Rated Podcast, I put together the seven reasons nobody knows you online. And this is a really, really cool thing. Um, it's over at commandyourbrand.media slash seven reasons. And the word seven or the number seven will work for either. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest, having fun, playing along, helping us to go up Success Mountain, come back down. The last question I ask every guest, is there something deep down inside that you wanted to talk about today that we and all of our crazy conversations didn't get to, but I want to give you this chance to share it? No, I think we hit on everything. Cause I, I got, I always, I also get really excited when people ask me about athletes. I love I love sports. Um, I was a baseball player and wrestler my whole life, followed a lot of football. So, you know, it's, it's always cool to get to take those things and relate them to life. Like I, I got to interview, I don't know if you know Michael Burt, but I interviewed coach Michael Burt this morning and uh, we got to talk a lot about college football and how that relates to life and business. And I just, I, I love to relate those things because I feel like it makes so much more sense to your average person. I love that. Uh, yeah. I, uh, if there's anything I can do, any person in my network that you would love to get an intro to, I mean, just an ask. That's, that's why I love doing podcasts because I'm going to learn a lot. I learned a lot about you today. Mutual friend, Dennis. Nice to be able to give him a shout out. Love to help you to discover a new podcast. I mean, that's it. And I really want to say thank you for making time today and your busy schedule and your busy life. Tell your wife, thanks for allowing you some space to come on the show today. It also means a lot that uh, that gets to happen because you know what? Like, have you ever done a podcast with your wife? We actually, um, my assistant just sent one over that we need to schedule for January that we're going to be a guest on together. That is really, really, really cool. I think that is, uh, I just did an interview with my wife like not too long ago for the very first time. And I thought, wow, that was so awesome. So <laughs> thank you. Hey guys, uh, that is Jeremy Slate, the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast and also the founder of Command Your Brand. Uh, my name is Tony Grebmeyer. Remember, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever.